Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Big, Love Wide podcast. Love big for your purpose. Love wide to accept and connect with those around you. I'm excited about today's podcast because I have none other than my beautiful wife, Veronica, joining me. One day, probably hosting with me. Or one day, probably taking over this whole thing. (laughs) And she does a great job of talking about her cancer diagnosis what she experienced um, mentally and emotionally and physically through this process and hopefully encouraging and inspiring you um, during her adverse situation. Obviously, this is my best friend that is joining me and I love her so much. And those, those who know me know it's, it's undeniable that I love her and it's truly we're each other's soulmate. And it's fun. We enjoy life. We enjoy everything about life. Even now in the difficulties, we try to find time to laugh and play and get through this. And she's going to talk about how it's hard to let me do for her. And this is one, these are one of, this is one of the things that she is growing through. And I see her asking me and letting me do more. And it's, it's beautiful. And it's something I enjoy because I'm, I'm, I love to do for others. And so we talk about the love, the outpouring of love, God's love that is being felt through other people. And, you know, if you've brought us food, sent us cards, sent us gift, we love you and thank you for that. You have lifted our spirits more than you know. And hopefully one day we'll be able to continue to share about that and just, you know, talk about how much you have been used by God to love on us. Without you, it would, I'm going to say it wouldn't be as easy. It would be hard. But knowing that we have support, whether it's close or distant, has been beautiful. And so I hope that this, uh, this podcast encourages you and inspires you and that you would live big you would love big and you would love wide in everything you do enjoy good morning beautiful good morning how are you good better today yeah better today when was your last treatment a uh, week ago from today. Today, uh, yesterday. Right? Yesterday. Thursday. Oh yeah, a week ago from Wednesday. So and that was your second chemo treatment, correct? Correct. How are you feeling? Better today. Every day is a little better until the next treatment. Yeah. So when so you get the treatment on Wednesday, and what happens after treatment? Do you feel sick? Uh, usually not the day of treatment. The next day I go in for a, for an injection and that's supposed to help replenish the white, uh, blood cells. Mm. And then usually after that injection, I'm okay. Sometimes, uh, late in the evening, I start feeling, uh, the effects of the injection, which are kind of a lot of discomfort in my bones and back and hips. Uh, sometimes stabbing like knife pains in there um after the first treatment very very intense after this past treatment uh, not so bad more aching uh, in my back and hips and whatnot Uh, but usually friday is when i start getting really tired and declining and then i'm pretty much down and out for the rest of the weekend sleeping on and off all day um no real appetite and, you know, just managing with, uh, rest basically. Yeah. Is there any pain physically that you experience? Uh, I would, oh, during chemo? No, not the the weekend after. Oh, physical pain, Mm -hmm. probably more achy. Okay. Just super achy, uh, extreme exhaustion. And, uh, the doctor said you could relate it to a hangover. Is that correct? Yeah. Kind of a brain fog, horrible hangover. It's 
like you just can't really do anything to get that feeling away. You can't drink enough water. You can, it's just there. It's just like a hangover, foggy brain. Mm. It's, uh, it's not pain, but it's just, just not comfortable. Yeah. Now as her husband, I want to say she's done a great job getting through it. She's strong and she's definitely, uh, she's got the courage for sure in taking this on and doing everything she needs to do to um, fight the cancer. So let's talk about how you discovered the cancer. Let's talk about, I think it was back in April, correct? Mm -hmm. when, you, when you discovered it, what, how did you find the, the cancer? So I found it, uh, it was a Monday evening, uh, April in April, April 20th to be exact, letting the dog out. Uh, she needed to go out in the back and let her out do her business and it was kind of chilly. So I crossed my arms and that's when I kind of saw it and then felt it and was like, Oh yeah, there's definitely a lump. Uh, from that point, you know, kind of showed Jeff and, you know, you were like, Oh yeah, there's definitely a lump, you know, you asked me to touch it. Yeah. And I was <laughs> reluctant cause I don't like that stuff. And, but you know, there was definitely a lump and I was just kind of amazed that the size it was and that I hadn't felt it before. It's in an uh, odd place. It's not like behind a lot of. It's higher up on your chest. Yeah. It's right? up higher up on my chest at one o'clock and, um, it's like, I don't know, closer to the collarbone than like in the middle of the breast. Mm. Uh, so it, it was definitely uh, noticeable and I would have thought I would have felt it much sooner than I did. Uh, fortunately, I found it when I did and um, called my doctor's office the next day. Actually, a friend texted my friend, told her that I had uh, that she works in the office that I used to work in, OBGYN office, and texted her, told her I had found a lump, and you know she got me in. I was seen the next day at noon. Uh, you know, getting that underway and nurse practitioner confirmed, yes, there's definitely, you know, a lump, let's get it checked out. Let's get you sent for a mammogram and an ultrasound and let's, you know, let's go from there. So how soon was the ultrasound and mammogram after that appointment? The, the that appointment for the ultrasound and the mammogram were actually um, the following week. Okay. And, uh, went in, had the mammogram and the ultrasound. The radiologist came in and said there was definitely a mass and that it would need to be uh, biopsied. And he did further examination uh, with the ultrasound machine and uh, looked a little further. He did see a funky lymph node and said that he would want to biopsy that lymph node as well. He, he was great. He showed me uh, what a normal lymph node should look like versus the one that uh, he saw. And that's the one he wanted to, uh, you know, do the biopsy. So he was going to just, you know, touch base with my physician and then we would go from there. So you go for the ultrasound and the mammogram and then he tells you, okay, this, this is what we want to biopsy. And he actually, he's the one who does the biopsy. Correct. So how long after the ultrasound and the mammogram did you do the biopsy? Uh, let's see. It was about, it was about a week. A week. So uh, just to kind of pause and reflect maybe about what you're thinking, what you're experiencing through all this, you have all these steps and you seeing all these doctors. Uh, to be honest, I know it, it, it felt quick. It, it felt like everything was just happening very quick. Right. What, what was your intuition, your, your gut instinct about this, this mass? And honestly, I thought it was just a cyst. I didn't think any more of it. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to the extreme. I just thought, okay, mm -hmm. you know, it's a cyst, you know, many women have a cyst, whether they're fibrous or, uh, just, you know, a benign cyst that, you know, happens to happen to a lot of women and they end up being benign. So I didn't think much of it. And, right. you know, I just thought, okay, well, we'll get it biopsied and go from there. And I thought you did a great job of 
just keeping things in perspective and being hopeful and having a positive outlook and being optimistic in that because truly we didn't know what the mass was. We just knew it was a mass. And so we have to go through all the testing. I didn't see you become overwhelmed or anxious regarding the mass. You just did all, you know, all the appointments and, you know, the tests that you needed to do. So you go in for the biopsy Mm -hmm. and, you know, talk about that process. Yeah. So I went in for the biopsy that was on a Thursday, May 21st. So we're like a month from when I found the lump and, uh, went in, got the biopsy done. That was a Thursday, waited out the long weekend from the Memorial weekend and, uh, just, you know, did a lot of praying and, uh, just at that point I, I knew I didn't, you know, it was what it was. I, I, I couldn't change it. Uh, I didn't know if it was going to benign, be benign or, uh, malignant for cancer. Um, so, you know, I just had to wait it out. And my physician called me Wednesday evening after the long weekend and, you know, I broke the news. By this time, like I said, I had already just decided in my heart of hearts that I didn't really have a choice of the outcome. So. So suddenly you got to a place of acceptance of no matter what it is that you knew it, this, this was out of your control. Right. Absolutely. What was that like from the from the actual biopsy day to the day that doctor called the waiting process? Because I mean, you're going to get the information. You're going to this this time. You're going to know what it is. Take us through that process and what you're feeling and experiencing during that time. Uh, I I I think I was very hopeful that uh, it was still going to be negative. But, you know, as, as time, as the weekend went by, you know, we had a great weekend. We enjoyed it, you know, with family and had a great time. And, you know, that kind of busied my mind not to, you know, completely be thinking about it and getting panicked over it or anxious over it. Uh, But I knew after the long weekend, like, you know, come, when Tuesday came and I hadn't heard, I was like, okay, you know, now, now I'm starting to uh, get a little anxious because generally, you know, I had worked in the office for so many years with the doctor and a lot of the ladies that are in the office. And I figured, you know, they'll call me like as soon as they find the result, you know, as soon as it's faxed over to them, the pathology is faxed over to them. Someone's, you know, the nurse practitioner is going to call me, or whatnot. And, uh, you know, so I, I did get a little anxious. And then at that point I just decided, you know what, it's, it's out of my hands. I, I need to give it up to God and however it it results, you know, however it comes about, I just, I'm in a deal, you know, I'm still praying that it's negative, but, um, you know, just kind of giving it up. I, I didn't have a choice in the matter. So, Finally, when, you know, Wednesday came, it felt like a, you know, month that had passed. And um, that's when my uh, physician had called me. So your physician is somebody that you worked for, right? For, you know, close to 20 years. This Mm -hmm. is somebody you have a relationship with, somebody, you know, you're bonded to. If you're willing, can you talk about that phone call? And, you know, when she tells you. Well, um, for, for me and knowing the physician and my nurse practitioner very well, I knew that one, if the doctor had called, that it probably wasn't good news versus the nurse practitioner. Um, but, you know, Dr. Wells was amazing. She was, you know, matter of fact, she gave me all of the facts, you know, from the pathology report, um, but yet she was compassionate and asked you know, if I was okay, if I needed anything, you know, if I had any questions, uh, she was, she was really great. And, you know, it just, nobody's ever prepared for that response from the doctor, you know, from the, um, getting that kind of a test result. So I think I was just kind of in shock. You know, I, I didn't start crying immediately. I just told her I was okay. And 
uh, it was going to take a little bit to sink in and, um, you know, she was great on her part and I just kind of needed to come to reality that, uh, you know, that was my diagnosis and what do we need to do moving forward? And that night she got the phone call. Um, I'm a marriage and family therapist and I was doing, um, sessions via telehealth and I had an appointment and I went to the, like couple minutes before I went to the office to start the session, I saw Veronica on the phone and she was outside and I didn't think anything of it uh, because I was already preparing for the session. But I, I did register that it was odd because she usually talks on the phone in the house. Now our daughter was here from Michigan and she was out visiting. So I, I was just like, okay, maybe she just wanted to, you know, I, I don't know who was on the phone. Uh, I had my session. And, you know, it's an hour after Veronica got the information from the doctor. And I come out and I I see, uh, you know, I look out the front window and I see Samantha leaving in Ryan's car. Uh, and I, I was like, what? You know, I thought it was odd. I didn't know why she was leaving. And, I, you know, Veronica's in the backyard. And so I go back there and I was thinking maybe, maybe they got into an argument, which is rare. And so... You know, I go back there and Veronica's crying and I'm like, what's wrong? So then I really thought they got in the argument and then it hit me. And then it all came, like I put it all together. And I just said, no. I'm like, no, 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 like, no, no. Denying it right off the bat. And she said, yes. And I knew, I already knew what yes was. That night was, was not an easy night. That was not an easy night for me or Veronica. Going through that process of not knowing, because we didn't have we didn't have a treatment plan. We didn't have we hadn't met the doctors. Like we knew all this stuff was coming, but just getting to a place of accepting that Veronica has cancer, breast cancer. And that it was out of our control. And I, I think this is where our, I, mean, I know our faith plays a significant role in how we approach each other, how we approach life, how we approach relationships, how we approach adversity. And this was definitely one of the biggest things that we've ever experienced together. And we've been together 11 years, married nine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that night was tough. Right. So we get through that night, right? And um, when, when do we, oh. when do you find out about so about the next doctor? Oh, so a week mm-hmm. later, we had gotten an appointment with the surgeon, Dr. Carpenter. And uh, so we were in her office a week later, and she was going over all of the results and uh, what sort of plan, you know, that she would be a part of and, uh, you know, referred us to an oncologist. Um, can, can we stop there with that, that appointment? Can we talk about that appointment that I was supposed to wait in the car because, right. uh, with COVID, COVID going on and, you know, they were only accepting the, the patient in the, in the rooms and you want to tell them how that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Yeah, we were anticipating that Jeff would be in the car and that I would go in for my consultation and it would just be a, he would be on the phone listening in and, you know, maybe taking notes and whatnot. And, you know, of course I see a woman leaving the office with her husband and I asked the receptionist, I said, wait, was that just a patient leaving with her husband or were they both patients? (laughs) because I was under the impression that we weren't able to bring anyone in. My husband's in the car. He's just going to do a phone, you know, listen in on the phone. Is there any way that he can come? And the receptionist, he, he was so great. He said, you know what, let me, let me check. That, that was a husband and wife. Let me, let me see what I can do. You're the last patient um, for the day. And uh, he did. He, he went and checked. And I'm so glad that I asked because he said, yeah, absolutely. Have your husband come up and, uh, you know, we'll have him in for the consultation as well. And that was awesome. I mean, that was great that, well, one, that I asked, and then two, that the gentleman at the office, you know, Ivan was willing to ask 
if it was okay for Jeff to come in. And, you know, that made the world of difference, just having Jeff there, second set of ears, um, asking questions, and just, just support all the way through, which everything was just such a fog for me. And the doctor going over everything, it was really great to have him in the room. Yeah, it was a good emotional support, I think, for both of us. I wanted to be there with her. She wanted me there with her. I mean, it, in normal circumstances, that's the way it would be. And God made sure that it happened that way for us. And, you know, as a doctor, the doctor was great. Mm-hmm. Very personable, relatable, empathetic. Just she broke it down. She, you know, she saw me with a notepad. I was going to take some notes. She's like, ah, you're probably not going to need that. I'm going to give you all the information. I got a, a piece of paper and I'll show you everything. And she's like, but you can take notes if you like to. And I, I just laughed. So I set my paper aside and she did. She went over everything, did a great job of, uh, sh- you know, teaching us and sharing with us uh, Veronica's, Veronica's diagnosis. So what what is your formal diagnosis? Uh, my diagnosis is stage two breast cancer uh, that is a triple negative. So the triple negative portion means that I am uh, negative for the estrogen receptors and the progesterone receptors, and also negative for the HER2, HER2 protein. Uh, so any kind of hormone therapy would be out for my kind of uh, breast cancer. It is a little more aggressive. It does not respond to any sort of hormone therapy. Uh, So. And part of the treatment plan was to start with hormone therapy first, but because you have that diagnosis, they move, they, they delete that part of the treatment plan and move right into chemo. Chemo. Correct. Okay. And and then the, the invasive Oh, it's invasive ductal carcinoma. So it's basically has spread. Uh, it's not just in the duct, ducts. It is um, in this breast tissue. However, uh, it has not gone to the lymph nodes. So it's negative, um, you know, in the lymph nodes. It has not spread anywhere. It's just right in the tissue. So we we finish up that appointment. Everything's emotional. Like everything just feels like it's dragging together. We got COVID going on, and it just it's a lot, right? It's a lot. And then that's Monday, and actually, Doctor Carpenter she called her text uh, Doctor Otis, the oncologist. The oncologist. That, yeah, and she and she's like, okay, you got appointment for Thursday at one or Next something. Week, like, yeah. yeah, no, that week, that week it was that week, Monday, and then Thursday that week she got us an appointment. It was the same week. Yeah. And that actually was on June 11th, our anniversary. Our anniversary. What a great anniversary to spend it at the oncologist's office, but that's okay. That's where we needed to be. That's exactly where we need to be. That's where we wanted to be, especially after finding out this information on Monday. I I mean, I'd rather be there than anywhere else to to get you taken care of. So so we meet the, the oncologist, but before that we meet her assistants, two great assistants. We had, there was one that is uh, in, training, yeah. Tra- a nurse in training. Okay. So she was kind of being, she was, uh, you know, being shadowed, and uh, both both of the ladies were just amazing women. Mm-hmm. They were, and and then so then we meet um, Dr. Otis. She comes in, and what well, you just. Yeah. 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 Well, first she came in, she didn't have her mask on. She saw us with our mask <laughs> on and her eyes got all big and she said, Oh my gosh, hold on. Let me get my mask. She didn't come into the room. We just saw she her just open the door yeah. and then yeah. like ran out, got her mask, which was kind of nice. Cause we got to see her full face, not just her eyes, although her eyes are very kind. Yeah. Um, so she was just cute and just came in and, you know, again, went over things with us, uh, mapped it all out on a piece of paper and explained and she was just wonderful really really great bedside manner great personality just a beautiful person yeah beautiful soul she uh dr Ellis is a believer and we 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 found that out a little later but we already had known um you know you just know when somebody is uh and we knew right off the bat and Every step of the way, God's been there. God's been guiding this whole process. God wasn't surprised that Veronica had cancer. Um, he's he's brought the 
the best doctors, the best care that we believe for us. And the process is, is, it hasn't always been smooth, but because we take the day by day approach and because we know we, we can't control everything about this thing, what we do control is how we respond to it. And we take a day by day approach. It's not always easy. And we'll talk, we'll get into that, but you know, having this, each other through this process and the people that God has brought in, in, you know, in the care portion of this process has been beautiful. Talk about like sharing with your family. Cause it, a lot of this, we didn't tell a lot of people, right. you know, we obviously didn't make it public and we limited who we told um, to just family. Right. And, you know, we, I, we told them about, after the doctor called us and the, the, the diagnosis, what, what was that like for you to tell family that you have this? Yeah, that, that was really difficult. Um, but man, they stepped up and just, you know, loved, loved on me. And uh, as difficult as it was, and maybe they had to process it too, you know, um, I told, everybody pretty much individually, you know, all of my siblings and my parents and whatnot. I, I wanted to be personal and upfront with them to let them know and, and my daughters and, you know, the boys and, um, it, it was difficult. It was like stirring it all up, bringing it all back, you know, to the beginning again. Um, but the support and the love, was and continues to be absolutely um, overwhelming. It's it's amazing. A great family. Um, you know, after telling the family, we did, you know, tell extended family and whatnot, and the outpouring of love and prayers have just been, wow, like just overwhelming. Yeah, I, I agree to that. So with, I mean, you, you've done three weeks, right? So you've done two treatments, three weeks in next week, uh, will third be treatment. the third treatment. Mm -hmm. And so the process is every other week for the first four treatments so it's two months. And then after that is every week for 12, 12 weeks. weeks. Mm -hmm. And so it's a five month process. They actually told us, the surgeon told us it was about a year long process. Um, from start to finish, start to yeah. finish, because you got, you know, the, the surgery that, you know, it, depending on which route we go, we're, we're just doing this part first. Um, and we'll take care of the next part as it comes. But so, I mean, re, re, quote unquote, relatively early in the process, but in the middle of the difficult part. Right. Right. And so are there days where it's hard for you? Like, do you ever struggle with this? Or how, how do you, I'm, I'm trying to get into the mental aspect. And I see strength like that. I only see strength. So what is it like for you? Uh, I feel like my, my main struggle is that I want to do more that I, I, uh, you know, I know I have to rest. And that's really hard for me to just rest, 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 rest. Like I want to continue working. I want to continue, you know, doing things around the house, you know, going here and there. And, and I can't, um, you know, one, because of the co whole COVID thing going on, I can't really go out and do a whole lot. Um, but two, I, it's just my personality. I like to be busy. I like to be working. I love to, you know, help others, which is basically a, a lot of my job that I do currently, even though I'm in, um, you know, the patient collection side of it, I'm no longer in the actual office assisting with patients and whatnot. Uh, you know, I, I want to help them. I want to reach out and do, you know, my part at work or at home. And it's hard. It's hard to have to, um, lay there and do nothing and try to sleep and, you know, um, manage 
any aches or pains or whatnot. Um, without complaining. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I, wa I want to be up and doing and going and not down and out. Yeah. And I know one of the things that I love to do is take care of her and help her. And I think this is something that she's learning to accept. She's a strong woman. I mean, we're not going to get into her past, but, uh, you know, being a single mom and taking care of the kids and, and when we met, is a strong woman. People that know her know she's strong. You're listening to her for the first time. I think you can pick up on the strength of her voice and just how, you know, positive she remains, how optimistic she remains, but, you know, allowing herself to feel during this process is, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy, especially somebody who just does, does, does. I mean, one of the things that I appreciated about Veronica from the beginning was how she just did and took care of the girls. And, you know, she, she's like, well, I have to, <laughs> you know, there's no other choice. And so now her have to is resting. And that's not always easy when you're a doer. So, you know, it's been difficult being down and trying to rest and whatnot, but I'll tell you what, I couldn't have a better partner uh, in this journey. Um, Jeff, does for me, you know, endless things and he doesn't complain. He love wants to do it. He loves to do it. And I appreciate it, you know, so much just taking care of me and wanting me to get my rest and um, responding to all the love that we get on the Instagram and Facebook. You know, I, I do read them all. Um, I don't have any social media of my own, but Jeff uh, graciously responds to everyone for me and lets them know that I appreciate it and uh, that I, I, you know, I do read all of the comments, but, uh, you know, Jeff does a great job of taking care of me and um, not getting tired of it. He just does it, you know, and wants to do it. And I know he wants to do it. And what a great feeling to know that somebody wants to care for you so that you can get better. And I think that, I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about our relationship is that we do for each other. And we do a good job of listening. I mean, it's not perfect. I'm not, I'm not saying we're perfect, but we do a good job of listening to each other and especially right now, I'm working on being more attentive. I'm not the most attentive person, but now that I know that Veronica needs help and she, you know, she's doing a great job of allowing me to help her, you know, I'm asking, I'm checking to see what she needs, if she's okay. You know, and I recognize, you know, she's not always going to feel good. And that's hard. Like I, you know, we cut we cut your hair last Friday, and I knew that was going to be hard for me. Maybe that was the beginning of the acceptance part for me. And I, I mean, I know obviously I've, I've been to your treatments. I, I've I've been with you through the doctor visits, but there's you know the correlation between cutting your hair and and seeing you look physically different. And I'm gonna be honest, looking more like a cancer patient. And it's scary, you know, I'm going to be honest, it's scary at times. It's, uh, it's hard to see you like that. So vulnerable, because that, that is not you. <laughs> you are, I said, my, my wife will, if somebody tried to threaten us, she'd be the first one to step in front. <laughs> she would beat me to the punch. Let, let me just say that. She's a, she's a fighter. She's a strong one. And uh, to, to see you vulnerable in this way, it's been hard. Uh, you know, I, we have good support around us mm. and we have a lot of people that we can talk to and we do. We talk to people that help us process what we're experiencing and what we're going through. 
and if you're a helper and your significant other, your spouse is going through some difficult time, I highly recommend that you have a support team around you that you can call, that you can message, that you can reach out to. That will allow you to, to cry if you need to cry. I'm a crier now. I, I didn't used to be a crier, but I cry now. Mm. And that that process of cutting your hair was not easy. I didn't want to do it. Right. But it needed to be done. It needed to be done because <laughs> it was it was falling out and you told me this time. And so, you know, that 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 was hard. That for me, that was hard. And it has nothing to do with you because your physical beauties, I already I already knew you're gonna be beautiful. Like with the head wrap, I already already pictured it and looking across at you right now with your head wrap, beautiful. But it's the heaviness and the realness of cancer and chemotherapy and what it does to your body and it's hard huh? yeah. oh it's definitely hard and you know I, ju I just know that um going through this you know i'm not alone there are so many out there fighting so many different cancers and uh you know you you have to um just fight it straight on, you know, praying, believing, fighting, hoping, and uh, asking for help. That's that's key. And that's, that's a hard one for us. Let's be honest. Like asking for help and receiving, being able to be on the receiving side of love. Right. Because we're usually the ones that give it out. We're usually the ones that do for other people. And God has blessed us with this opportunity to be on the receiving side and family and friends and people who have ex have gone through this right. have oh, reached sure. reached out and offered support and offered and sent gifts and uh, yeah tips and you know yeah. you know letting me know hey if this happens you know try this or just just the outpouring of information from you know people that have gone through this ahead of me you know it's whether whether it's breast or you know, colon cancer or a different kind of cancer. Um, you know, it's just the information is just, you know, it's, it's out there and, you know, they're willing to share their journey and their experience and, you know, just to help, you know, me or anyone, you know, that they know, or, you know, going through some sort of cancer, um, has just been so helpful and, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate people sharing their journey with me and, uh, you know, being vulnerable. And yeah. I've gotten some really great advice, you know, from those that have gone through it, you know, before me. And, and I appreciate that. I love you guys for that. Yeah. And it, this comes at a time where, I mean, goodness, we're, we're going through the COVID-19, you know, Ryan's graduation's canceled. You're at home working. I'm at home working. Everybody's taking safety precautions. So like the silver lining in all that is that people are, are washing their hands more. They are being more aware of how to, you know, prevent the spread of um, a virus or anything. And so, you know, we obviously you, you, you're here at the house and we try to keep you in the bubble so you don't um, catch anything and especially COVID is from the people who've gotten it it's it's not pretty and so you know and your immune system's um, susceptible right because it's down it's it's being yeah it's suppressed mm -hmm. yeah, and so all these things going on and then we get the diagnosis and it's like wow and then you know here's the thing we're not we're not really alone because everybody else is experiencing COVID too, mm -hmm. which is, you know, I mean, really what we would experience anyway with your cancer diagnosis, we'd have to right. you know, be home, you'd be off work and, you know, you would have to care for you and there wouldn't be much movement. But I mean, we can relate to that in the sense like not much has changed um, in our daily lives as far as, I mean, I guess some things have changed, but We've already been doing this right. at home, you know, not 
not seeing people and, you know, the, the physical distancing and all that stuff. So that, that part didn't change, but just, a, it just seems like another thing to add to this year is like, wow. But it, in my opinion, you've done a great job of not letting all these events, you know, weigh down on you. Right. It's like, yeah, it's it's been difficult, no doubt. As, you know, starting off with having to work from home, it was an adjustment. And uh, I, I don't know this this whole COVID thing has really, I want to say, helped prepare me for you know being home and managing um, you know at home without you know coworkers, friends, whatnot, um, family, like being in the here and now, you know, coming over, hanging out, doing different things, you know, I have to be a little more cautious. And this kind of has helped in the journey, to be honest. It's like it prepared um, us before we even knew. Definitely has prepared us. And uh, I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but, uh, you know, it, it, it really has. You know, we've continued to, you know, stay, keep my distance from people. I haven't been going out. You know, we have people my parents, my family, you know, friends bringing us meals or groceries or whatnot if, if, if we need help. Um, but yeah, it's, it's truly prepared us to just kind of stay put and take care of ourselves. And Jeff has been awesome. His telehealth has really helped, uh, you know, where he can see clients. I'm still here if I need anything before or after. And, you know, he's here to help. With that, he's not, you know, gone to the office, you know, like he normally would be. And yeah, it's it's just really kind of worked in our favor, so to speak. It's definitely a silver lining because I didn't even think about that. Like you weren't going to the office and then it didn't abruptly end. Right. You're already at home. Right. And you were mm -hmm. doing these things. And so that that didn't change in it. You know, God's timing is always the right timing. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about before we started recording is how you were surprised you didn't find the lump. And, you know, it, that's probably, I mean, there's, there's a reason, right? And right. so because God's good and the timing's good that, you know, everything lined up in that way. Speaking relationally, husband and wife, um, what, what do you think works for us? What do you think is helping us through the process? I know we're doing for each other. Um, what are some of the other things that we're doing to help get through this together as opposed to two different people in the same home going through this? Uh, I just think, well, for sure, our faith, Yeah. you know, first and foremost, but uh, just really listening to each other and um, for myself, allowing Jeff to help me, you know, that just it's huge and and that's a big deal for me because I like to do for myself yeah. I want it done my way um you know and I've had to learn to you know give some things up and um but yeah it's just so important that we do things that we grow together in this mm. um you know versus it's very easy to it would be very easy to grow apart. Yep. Yep. Um, I can see that. Cause it's, it's, it's not easy. It's challenging, you know, for me to give up, not doing for myself and to allow Jeff to help me and for him to want to help me. Um, it's huge. So, you know, we choose to, uh, do this together, you know, to grow from it, grow together from it. I think our biggest disagreements are when I'm like, uh, nope, I got to do it. You're going to stay, you're gonna have to stay there in bed. I got to do it. And you're like, no, I can do it. I'll say, babe, babe, I'll get it. So I'm getting better. You are. You're and doing you know, a great job. The oncologist, Dr. Otis, did say, you know, she did straight up tell me before I, she left the room on our consultation. She said, and you need to make sure you let him do things for you. Yeah, she did. Um, she knew. She, <laughs> she, she only been with you for a few minutes, but she knew. So, yeah, that definitely sticks in the back of my mind that I need to allow him to do for me as much, you know, as much as he can do. 
and my job is to rest, you know, so I, I've learned, you know, I've learned to say, you know, yes to my parents to bring food over, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's just fruit or a dinner or, you know, just saying yes, you know, when we need the help. Saying yes. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I think, um, out of my mouth, usually the first answer is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and it's really bad because regardless of what I'm being asked, um, no is usually my response. So I, I have to be, I get better about that and uh, keeping are. my mouth closed and just, you know, <laughs> thinking about what's, what's, what I've been asked before I say no, because most of the time the answer should definitely be yes. And stubborn as I am and wanting to do things my own way, uh, it's always just an immediate no. So I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, she's doing a great job. And the other part is being able to share this part of our life. Now it's one thing to share it with immediate family and friends within our circle, but it's another thing to share it on social media with, with individuals that we may or may not know, but are connected through, you know, social media, sharing our lives. I can tell you by reading these posts and, and the feedback that we're getting, it's impacting people. And here's the premise of love big, love wide. And that is bigger than us. Love, love big for your purpose, love wide to accept and connect with the people around you. And Veronica has done a great job of accepting this part about her journey, knowing that this is going to add to her testimony that are already a tremendous testimony for her to go through this and be able to share with the world what she's experiencing, allowing us to uh, share what we're experiencing with you, hoping that somewhere in there, you will experience God's love. Because when it's all said and done, this is what it's about. This is this is how, I mean, Love Big Love White doesn't exist without God. It doesn't exist without us as a couple. It doesn't exist without the family and support. It doesn't exist with about without the history that we've been through, like our lives leading up to the point where we met each other. This doesn't happen. And so our purpose is to be able to, to be as vulnerable as possible and to share our life with you and hopefully encourage you and inspire you to do the same thing because there are people around you. There are family members, there are friends, there are acquaintances around you that look up to you, that admire you, that respect you. And you can have that same impact, whatever impact we're making. You can have the same where, you know, I, I'll say for myself, I, I'm I'm no more special than the, the person to my right or left. However, I just want to step into the gifting that God's given me. I see Veronica stepping into the gifting that God's given her and using this as a, it's this is a stepping stone. I, you know, I, I've been trying to get Veronica to be part of this for a long time. And the one of the first thing she told me after the diagnosis, she's like, well, maybe this is my part. And I said, yeah, this is definitely your part. If this is what you want, this is definitely your part. I've always known that she has a lot to give to the world. There's no doubt about it. I've always seen it. And, you know, as she starts to step into and really take hold of, you're going to, you know, you're going to be inspired by her and her love that she has for people. Her love is tremendous tremendous and our goal is to help people to help people and share our lives with people and this is part of that process this is part of what we can do to to give back and but also being on the receiving side i i I can't say enough how much you guys have poured into our lives touched our hearts we feel god's love i mean goodness it's overwhelming it's humbling. Truly overwhelming, but we do appreciate it. Absolutely. So that that's our story. That's where we're at right now. Today's what, June 9th or July 9th, you know, and, and that's where we're at. We look forward to sharing with you, connecting with you, 
and hopefully encouraging you and inspiring you. We hope that this helps. We hope that uh, this connects with you in a way that will help you live bigger than yourself. And that you, you'll reach out and love. You love yourself and you love the people around you. Because, I mean, if, if this diagnosis has taught us anything, is that, man, life can be short. And we don't know from this day to the next day what's gonna what it's going to bring. We have no idea. Ain't no, nobody last year at this time anticipated where we'd all be experiencing COVID-19 and just the turmoil and the chaos. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get preachy, but love, 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 love conquers all. And being believers, I, I believe that. I know Veronica believes that. And the more we love, the less we'll look at the differences that we have with other people. The less we will criticize, shame, and judge other people. I love you, babe. I'm, I'm proud of you. You inspire me. Your strength is beyond anything I've ever seen. And uh, I thank you for allowing me to be part of it. I thank you for dating me and <laughs> marrying me and saying yes to me. You've added so much joy. And I know I've shared this on social media, but you've added so much joy to my life. Your girls have added so much joy to my life. God has blessed, truly blessed the broken road. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that I would get another opportunity to um, experience a relationship like this. Not when, you know, you're going through a divorce and all that stuff. You, you're not really thinking about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have you as a wife and we're going to get through this and you're going to get healed and we're going to help a lot of people because of it. And you're strong, babe. I love you. Yep. I love you too. Thank you for helping me through this journey. We have you any other way. We love you guys. God bless you. And look forward to talking to you soon.